What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Real Estate Podcast, episode 244. I'm here with Griffin. I'm here with Trav. While me and Adam try to figure out the multiverse. We fucking did it, guys. We watched The Matrix and Spider-Man. I think that's why I fucked that intro up. It's too much. I guess, oh, this is this is what we say, right? Was it Spider-Man, two shows, then The Matrix? Or was it Matrix? It was. Matrix, Dexter, Hawkeye, uh, yeah, Spider-Man? Yeah, yeah. Those two need to go together because they're... Yeah. It's kind of the same world. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a big deal. Um, Matrix. Yeah. Never thought that they would be able to follow up the Matrix, period, right? I figured that, like, I figured that once the Wachowski siblings, sisters, brothers, whatever they are now, like, once they're, they were gone. Yeah. Reboot. Then some, yeah, someone would try to, to do it. But no, nah, dude, like, they came back with a vengeance. Well, it was just the Lana. Lana yeah. came back with a vengeance. Um, was like, I'm fucking done with that shit. Yeah. But he was done with that shit. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I mean, we, we talked about this movie. We talked about both of these. Yeah, recently. The the, oh, yeah. these two we watched. Yeah. Leading up to the, uh, to the releases, man. And it's like, you know, they kept saying, you know, they're bringing Trinity back. They're bringing Neo back. You know, this yeah. person was cast. This person. We saw the trailers. And the whole time, I'm just like, I'm... My expectations for this is so unbelievably low. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Because I didn't know. I mean, I'm sitting here thinking, like, this is going to be like Cloud Atlas meets, nah. you know, the yeah. Matrix. Uh, it wasn't that at all. It was good, man. It was very enjoyable in a big, bad way. Um, the, the, the story that they went with. Mm-hmm. With them like basic or basically rebuilding them, yeah, you know, putting them in those chambers, put them back in the matrix yep. because, which is crazy to think. Like, all right, so you got to think that like they've went through this cycle with the matrix. That was like at the end of the third film, it was the seventh version of the matrix, right? Mm-hmm. Sixth or seventh version. So you would think that once they rebooted everything, like the one was inevitable. So yeah, you it's always going to happen. Yeah. So you, you would think enough. that, yeah, the one would always show up. The one's inevitable. But since they put Neo and Trinity back into the Matrix, does that void, does that void the warranty? I think it the, did. I mean. Well, they definitely figured something out. You well, know, there was it, a balance. They had a good balance for, they said 60 years. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's a long time, dude. What, what I was mentioning was the fact that, like, um, you know, at the end of the, uh, you know, last Matrix, they said that. Uh, well, fuck no, we made it past that. <laughs> God damn it! Um, so, uh, and then Trav said that you know the Animatrix thing with the kid that worked it. They kind of. That's how, you know, that kid got pulled out because he saw Neo and then he kind of like came 
came to and saw the world for what it was and then wanted to get pulled out. So they kind of had, they were kind of forced to pull him out in the animatrix, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, animated thing. Yes. Yeah. And that's the kid in um, the third matrix film. That's like, Neo, I'm your biggest fan. (laughs) You know, that little, that little goofy bitch, you know, it was all, Mm, it was was all into the fact that like, Neo snapping people out of it, regardless of whether he's trying to. Yeah, he wasn't even trying to. People were just seeing it, it and being like, and "Whoa, it, what's that?" And it's compounded on in this one when it's, it's particularly whenever he's interacting with like Trinity and and all of that. Like it's the familiarity just snap like it snaps her out of her life and she starts coming to see him at the coffee shop. Yeah. What's crazy that he was in this daze of. He didn't know who he was. Well, he thought he was working on a game. Yeah. So he's in there making a new Morpheus. Yeah. Brand new Morpheus. Um, a new Agent Smith, which that guy did a great job for Mindhunter. I can't remember that dude's name. Yeah, he did an amazing he's job. He's awesome. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Um. So kind of the story is, is like at the end of the third film, whenever... um. Neo sacrifices himself to basically get rid of Agent Smith and have this like peace treaty happen. At yeah. that at that point, like they were still wanting to use the um humans as like um they were still using the humans as batteries. They were still basically, you know, allowing the people from the Matrix to go in and pull people out if they wanted to, this, that, and the other, right? Uh huh. But um, they weren't getting enough power, so there was apparent allegedly a civil war. You know what I mean? And the machines. Well, well, because the deal was that if Neo returned to the source, then the machines would lay off Zion. Yeah. Peace. Um. Yeah. yeah. And there was and, peace. Well, and and the idea of the. The robots, like, the robots themselves, it's like the AI split. Yeah, there was different factions of this AI that were fighting over power. Right? Like, at the end of the day, that's that's what they were. And it's crazy because, like, they they don't have the power because of the humans, right? Because the humans, Mm -hmm. they were all solar-powered, so they decided to just, like, fuck fuck the atmosphere, dude. We're getting rid of these bitches. And then they're like, oh, you want to play fucking dirty? Well, we're going to start harvesting you and using you as batteries. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to make a cattle farm out of you, you know? Um. So there was a war that happened, but we're not in Zion anymore. We're in Io, right? Yeah, this yeah, this is all of this conflict happens post uh, third film in the sixty year gap while Neo and Trinity are essentially a quantum computer. At least yeah. that's my takeaway from it. I mean, there might be a show there. Quantum computer, you know what I'm saying? a little pre, a little prequel. Yeah, I know, right. I mean, it'd be nice to see some of that shit. Because if you, well, the, the the thing with them is that they were such high value targets for some reason because of their coding in the Matrix. The machines put their body, crypt, pod, whatever, like they were, they weren't just plugged in in some random field and just okay, well, that's it, job's done. They, 
the machines were aware of of the i guess i'm gonna i'm for for simplicity's sake they they can compute and make the matrix better pump out more energy all that stuff i can't remember the jargon they use for that shit but well, so because i mean because with the analyst because he says you know we found out that if we kept you guys just just at arm's length everything thrives yeah because he said if they were too close to one another if they put them in the matrixes and they were married then it would go haywire and if they put them in the matrix and they were too far away from one another then it would go haywire the only balance that they could achieve was to put them in the matrix in the same city frequenting yeah. frequenting some of the same shops so they had like more or less daily not really daily contact but routine yeah kind of they took the plot of hancock and yeah, made yeah. it and made it be their uh thing or like a you know a hawkeye hawk girl thing yeah yeah but yeah and then did you guys, because uh, with it with it being all computer based and everything, um, whenever they were uh, when they were on the the speed the the, the speed rail, and that whole sequence, uh, and how they were going through the different doors and all that with uh, I forget her name the 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 new Bugs. character, yeah. Um, my my first thought was like because she was saying you know they can't trace us this way they think we're so and so but I was like VPN yeah right they got that they got that VPN face you know yeah <laughs> so um you know like Neo has been struggling with basically the Matrix is selling it to him is like he was developing this this game for so long that that he thought that he was part of it and he wrote himself into it. And like, he's struggling with having a quote unquote, these mental breakdowns or these reality breaks where <clears throat> he starts to remember things that happen. And the analyst as his therapist was basically feeding him, just constantly feeding him the blue pills over and over again to, to keep his mind at bay. Well, to keep him subdued inside of the matrix, I guess you could say. And which is crazy because at one point he has the matrix code pulled up on his computer mm -hmm. and he's like looking at the matrix code and it's like, okay, so you could chalk that up as like, okay, that's just like the matrix code from the game. Right. Or, yeah. or if you look a little deeper, like, is it though? Like, And then, like, all right, so so before we go any further, like, he creates a modal, right? That's what they call them, right? Modal, like, yeah. basically a test, in, a PTS, a test environment. Mm -hmm. And in, in this modal, it's rerunning this simulation where they have this interaction with Trinity in the fir from the first film. And that's where he programs a version of Morpheus. And it's a version of Morpheus mixed with Agent Smith, which is, like... Yin and Yang, like almost more so than Neo and Agent Smith. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like Morpheus was like pure good, pure for the for the for the survival of the human race. You know, 
Yeah. Uh, and then you've got, of course, Agent Smith, who wants to just turn everybody into him by sticking, you know, the hand where it don't belong. You know what I mean? Um, so he creates this program, and then Bugs gets into this modal and figures out a way to pull Morpheus out of the modal by giving, you know, having him, you know, take the pill or whatever. And so kind of where my mind goes with it is like, if Neo's the one that created it, or if Mr. Anderson's the one that created it, then who's to say that they're not in one now? And we were talking about this the other night as kind of like theories and things. It's like, well, what if like the, the, the matrix, the version of the matrix that Neo and Trinity exists in is separate from the actual matrix. Like it's got, Mm -hmm. it's got enough people plugged into it to populate this environment, but it's separate because they said that every time that they were too close together, things went crazy. Every time that they were too far away from one another, things went crazy, but they didn't say they had to reset the matrix. They just had to reset a part of the matrix. But how do you do that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, like a quick, a quarantine, like you would isolate yeah. an area, you know? So, and that's to me kind of what it feels like. And then the fact that like, when you get to the end of the film at Neo Trinity, wake up, they go see the architect and they're like, we're going to remake this place ourselves. And basically the analyst is like, sure. Like knock yourselves out, go crazy. And it's like, in like realistically, even though a treaty exists, would the, would the machines allow that to happen? Like legitimately? I don't think so. I don't, I mean, I don't think that they would either unless it was a, if, unless it was a controlled environment and they don't know that it's a controlled environment because technically they could go in there and reset it it, since they've already apparently, you know, allegedly done that before. So, well, the the movie itself ends on the idea that they've broke the treaty with the machines that's the oh yeah that's plot threads you know like but that like if there's a sequel they'll absolutely show us the ram- like ramifications of them hosting trinity out and everything yeah so it's almost like like everything they did well i guess it wasn't for nothing because we got 60 years of peace but i mean it's all gonna start over but this time the next time around there's different factions of the Yes. Machines. So there's good machines. There'll be bad machines. I mean, they're working. Well, what they call them? Even, well, even, yeah, even the, well, but the way they did Morpheus, you know, like that, that we're so yeah. far along in the future now that they're able to pull programs out and let them take a hol- holographic yeah. form, I guess. Instead of having right? to use someone's body like Agent yeah. Smith did. They don't need computers anymore, really. Yeah. He was like a pile of BBs or something. Right. Magnus, well, how they work. Like the, know? uh, well, I, it, it's almost like it, it throws back to the the baby face at the end of the third movie. I mean, without him, it would have been really hard to sneak into that place. Yeah, legit, right? I mean, he just went right up the pipes. Yeah. So, and I guess, like, from this point forward, it's like, okay, they broke the treaty with the with them, but what if, like... What if that's what the machines wanted them to do? 
like all right think about it like they wanted to keep this like an inception type well kind of like because think about it if they break the treaty with the machines and then the machines come back and they're like okay we'll let neo out we'll, we'll like we'll let him stay out and trinity stay out but we need the power that these other people have you know what I'm you see what I'm saying uh-huh and then it's one of those things too it's like okay if they broke off into factions there's no way that all of these different factions are running the same version of the matrix right yeah so with that idea in oh, mind yeah. it's like all right so they got rid of old the, matrix could still be running dude I well mean. yeah for sure and it's like they said they got rid of the architect and they got rid of the um yeah the from Oracle. this installation. Yeah. So who's to say that they're not running other versions of the Matrix? Well, I mean, you're definitely going to keep backups of it. Yeah. I mean, we saw that with the Man- Manjavellian or whatever. Merovingian, yeah. <laughs> whatever the, the fuck, fuck is that? that? Remember the fucking French dude with the twins? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, how did they not get purged? Well, they said that they were exile programs. But still, so like they purged. I mean, what's was wasn't the what was it the architect archetype architect? Wasn't that a exile program? Uh, well, they said that they they're trying something different. Oh, not him, the Oracle. She was. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were able to purge her. So, but they they said that they still hear from her, like kinda. So she's still there, or the yeah. no? They said that they haven't heard from her in a while, but it's been yep. within that sixty-year time span. Right. So I don't know. There's different. A lot happened in the movie. Yeah, legit. And it's one of those like after that night after we got on, and Corey was like, "I watched the movie. Did you watch it?" And he was like, "No." And I was like, "I did." And I was like, "I'm gonna need a minute to mull it over." Yeah, for sure. Because I just watched it. Yeah. So my brain's trying to build, sure. you know. Build this a f- could happen or this or yeah, old swap board. And I'm still feeling that way, man. Like, I need to give it another watch. Yeah, I need to watch it again. But it's now gr- that I know what happens. What's great? I will say I will say it's not as it's not it wasn't as bad as some people are making it out to be. Absolutely not. Well, here's, I know I have bad it, reviews. It's yeah. got mixed reviews, very mixed reviews. Yeah. I saw where people were saying that it was real woke, and I was like, eh, not more than well, you'd expect it to be. Well, I, I just figured from the get-go that the movie was just, this movie intentionally is on the nose. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think it was a case of, you know, just being clever and witty and woke, per se. Because no, none of it felt... None of it felt like it was, you know, I just feel like a lot of the articles where they bring up talking points in the movie, you know, and, and, and especially with the franchise legacy and all that stuff, I felt like that wasn't pushed in your face at all. Yeah. Well, and this is the way that I look at it too, man. It's like that first film came out and it redefined what action films were, right? That was a big deal. Mm -hmm. And then... Everybody shit on two and three when we went back and fucking did them recently. Yeah, episode two fourteen. Yeah, and uh, I think that's right. Yeah. So 
we did, 13 to 14, we did the Matrix. So we did... Not, the, so seven months ago. Yeah, yeah. That's what it says here. And... Um, Enjoyed the hell out of it. Yeah, I mean, I didn't have any problems with, you know, with the way that the, the second and third film shook out. I mean, yeah, things could have been done differently or possibly could have been done better. But in reality, like, they had a vision and they went for it, right? Yeah. So, and that's kind of how I feel about this. And and here's, I think that it's getting such a bad rap is because like, you're never, nothing is ever going to be able to live up to that first matrix film. Like, or, or what you would identify with as the right idea to do the sequel. Exactly. Yeah. Like, Cause like all of us would, would, would come out with different films. Yeah. Entirely. Probably. So, I mean, I just think that like that first Matrix film, which is much deserved, but people have it built up in their heads so damn much that yeah. they can't let it go. And and like, I yeah, but you know, you have to let it go because you you know yeah, it's more Matrix, dude. Come on, yeah. Like, story. I continues. think it was a. I think it was a solid uh, pick up from where the other one left off. Yeah. It answered it answered any kind of question that I would have uh, following uh, revolutions because you know all right the re- the matrix has clearly been re- reloaded again yeah and shit's gonna be different this time around and it was and you had the you had the past characters you know the ones the critical you know characters coming back and. People are like, well, they didn't do Morpheus, right? Well, it's like, no, they, they, like, of course certain people wouldn't show up. And by the end of the movie, I even had the theory, too, uh, that I know that they were kind of, it, it was more or less meant to be kind of a one-off, like, little quip towards Morpheus. But it would be interesting to think that all this time, Morpheus was a program. Yeah, like, what? What a mind fuck that would be, you know? Because, well, well, think about it. You know, Agent Smith was able to go into the real world. Now, mm-hmm. granted, his sanity was lost in the process. But we're talking about two different characters with two different, uh, you know, outlooks and, and, and positions in, in the story. You have Smith, who's nefarious, who has, you know... You know, he has all the the typical villainous, you know, concepts of leaving the Matrix. And then you have Morpheus, who is just purely devoted to finding the the, the savior, be it in the digital world or in the, you know, in the real one. Yeah. And so I feel like it would make sense that Morpheus could, you know, transcend into like a human body. Yeah, but I mean that 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 starts becoming fan fiction and, and head canon at that point. But still, you know, it's it was an interesting thought I, th- I, I that I thought I had. Yeah. Well, and like Adam said earlier, it's like you got sixty years to cover. They could do an episode or a season, and because like they explained what happened to Morpheus, but like you, you've got sixty years of peace, more or less. You do have the civil war between the machines and everything, but like what kind of influence, if any, did the humans have on it? Or do they want to just leave it to like, we didn't get involved. 
Like we picked up and we fucking made fucking IO while these motherfuckers were fighting. You know what I mean? And I mean, dude, that's that's the perfect groundwork for like, like it's like the it's like Lana Wachowski created her own part of the Matrix story now. That's her Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah, right. So, but no, nah, man, I I really enjoyed it. Um, oh yeah. With the way that Neo programmed the modal and they were able to get into the modal and pull Morpheus out of it, it's like, okay, where does the... Like, the whole time he was working on these games and stuff, was he working on Matrix stuff for the the machines? Like, we don't know. You know what I mean? I think it's a case that he just... He was so saturated by the medication to keep him suppressed in the Matrix that... He just kind of droned on with it. And just every now and then, you know, he'd have those glimpses where it'd be like, okay, something's off. Like, you know, like when it would show him, when it showed him looking out uh, into the city and he looked at the skyscraper and he saw Matrix code very faintly on it. Yeah. Or like, like the pills didn't work. Yeah. And they'd see the birds. The medication wasn't working for him. Yeah. At all, <clears throat> but but that was but I think that just all could be chalked up under just how powerful Neo is. Yeah, and I mean he's already got pulled out one time, so it's like, you know what I mean? It's like whenever you, whenever you like do something the first time, and then you well, <laughs> and that and I mean this movie did something the other three haven't, and it's. Once they, like, because in, in the trilogy, they show you what happens when a program leaves the Matrix. Yeah. Well, even though Cypher betrays the group in the first film, all throughout the trilogy, we never really got to see the side effects of someone who was unplugged, a human being unplugged and then plugged back in. Yeah, yeah. Like, permanently plugged back in, too. Yeah, like, you're, like... And especially someone who is as awake, quote unquote, as Neo was. Yeah. Yeah, man. And like, who's to say that there's like, if there's other versions of the Matrix, then who's to say there's not other versions of Neo and Trinity running around out there? Right. I mean, they absolutely could be. Like, even in a different version of, if, like, an older version of the Matrix is running and somebody else is is constructing it, like the Architect or the Oracle, like, there's still a prophecy that's got to be fulfilled within that version of the Matrix. Yeah, well, if, if the robots, if they didn't wipe each other out, each faction's got to have a Matrix. Yeah, so they can power, yeah, so they can get the power. So, like... Who knows, man? You know? Well, like, remember in this world, it's like, oh, so there's some good robots. Okay. Yeah. They're friendly. When he walked in there, he was like, whoa, what's he doing here? You know? Yeah. They're like, you can touch it. <laughs> what? what? You can understand him? Yeah. What? Like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm going to give it a full star, man. I really, really, really enjoyed it, and I want to watch it again, you know? But mm-hmm. like I said, my expectations going into that film were, were so low because I'm like, you know, the other two, the last two weren't received very well. 
and one of you know half of the Wachowskis is working on this, and you know it's cool that Neo's back. And I don't, I don't mean if Keanu Reeves read a shit script, he probably wouldn't have done it. You know what I mean? But like, still though, it's like they were able to pull saw, pull it off. I, yeah, and and I, I agree. I also because what what you're saying with Keanu Reeves too, uh, it made me think of you know they. It had, like the the meta of this movie I feel like is so on the nose that it's not worth breaking down yeah uh, I think if you've watched the other three films you'll pick up everything they're putting down in this movie some of it you might agree with some of it you might not yeah yeah But yeah, it was uh it was a great experience, man. I enjoyed the shit out of it. And I hope they I honestly hope they they do more. And I mean, we were looking at the numbers the other day and uh box office wise not doing too hot. But it's also on HBO Max. Uh, I'm hoping that can be a redeeming quality. And Spider-Man just came out. (laughs) That was not a good idea. No, not at all. Release that around the time Spider-Man came out. What, a week later? Two weeks later? A week and a half, something? You still have people going to watch Spider-Man, and it's, I mean... Yeah. I'm picking Spider-Man over that. Absolutely. Any day, so... Yeah. Yeah. And they spent a hundred and ninety million on it. Yeah, yeah, a lot of money, yeah. but it looked great. It did. The little changes. I like the way that you uh, go through the portals now. Yeah, that That's shit's cool. cool. Yeah, you don't need a phone line. I like how the the operator can like. There's a hologram of him there talking to you. Yeah, he can pull himself into yeah. it. That's yeah. neat. Uh, it, I mean, I made my mind up, dude. I'm selling everything I own, and I'm buying a plot in the metaverse. Okay. I don't know if you guys know that this is a thing now, but are, do you get guys have any digital real estate? Because no, some guy just spent over four hundred thousand dollars to live next to Snoop Dogg in the metaverse. Fuck that! That's have, real. Have you got any vacant lots close to you, dude? Digital cul-de-sac, dude. Well, what we're doing, man, is we're going all in. Okay. We're making real estate NFTs. Golden real. Okay. All right. Uh, the the real crypto coin. I mean, we're going all in, dude. It looks like a movie reel, the crypto does? It's the future. Okay. I mean. How much do we stand I wasn't to sure gain? about all this. Well, real coin. Books, but. <laughs> this is how you do this, man. It's almost like selling rogue bucks or V-bucks or something. You sell them the coin, they use the coin to buy your merch, your. Yeah. So it's like once they buy the coin, you're paid. You know? They're in the system. Yeah. All right. So can we set Uh, up? But we're going completely away from physical. You know, over the years, physical media is just kind of, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's where it's going, dude. Like, it won't be long, man. And when you have to do a meeting at work, you'll just step into a VR chat and talk to everybody. You'll be able to see them. Everybody have their avatars, you know. God, I don't want you that. You can be the Hulk. <laughs> Dude, I'm fucking showing up as the fucking spirit of jazz. Yeah. <laughs> I get fired for blackface. It's like, I'm not even the, like, 
I'm just this yeah, my avatar. I'm looking for cheap, cheap real estate right now in the metaverse because the prices are just going to go up, dude. I mean, there's no way the price of real estate in the U.S. now is ridiculous. Yeah, it is. I'm looking at the metaverse. All right. Well, if you find a nice little oh, spot. <laughs> hmm. We hmm. can also open up our own metaverse. Oh, the real verse? Yeah. Oh. Real fake verse? $400,000 just to have the same house. And it's a house. You can walk around in it. I mean, it's a digital house, but. Yeah. That's where you put your NFTs in. Yeah, fuck that. It's it's what GTA 5 Online's been, you know, training us for. Yeah. Legit, though, right? So, Dexter. Some new shit has come to light. He finally did it, man. He finally was like, I think it's time that I tell you. Yeah, I gotta tell you and something. It's like, person. dude, we were saying this five episodes ago. Yeah, it's like, like when on. the kid got there. Yeah. And that's what he told the dude. He's like, I just want to know what's going on. Yeah. I feel like I deserve some goddamn answers, man. Yeah. And he does. Well, like, first, let's start here. Why's your fucking name different? You know? Yeah, right. How crazy, like, so Mr. Krabs is like, I'm going to wine and dine this kid. Hey, how good was he in this episode? He is fucking great, man. Yeah, dude. It's the voice. Yeah, it is. And the when they were at the table talking. Yeah. I was like, this dude's killing it right now. Yeah. Um, he takes him out, hits some baseballs. Yeah. Venison. Purposely hitting him with some baseballs. Yeah. And the yeah. kid just kept doing it. And he was like, God damn, kid, you're tough. Yeah. Too tough. Tough kid. He's like, I might have to kill you first. <laughs> so the, the thing was, was like, he was going to get both of them together and then have a nice meal with them and then murder them. Right. Yeah. Like, that was the game plan here. Um, he wanted to kill Harrison in front of Dexter. Yeah, yeah. And then probably kill Dexter, if I had to imagine. That didn't work out. Yeah. Can't wait to get you on my table. fucking Dexter almost ran his ass over, dude. <laughs> yeah. He showed up in one of those Jeeps from Call of Duty. Like, yeah, right. Wow. Trying to get a team live. <laughs> we dude, s- when that motherfucker was running away, I'm over here like, get his ass. Yeah. Don't yeah. let him get away. No. Get in that truck and run that motherfucker down. Run his down. ass over. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's out there, dude. He probably just laid down. It was snow. Yeah. Yeah. And he's in that white suit. He probably just laid down. Legit. But shit's about to pop off, dude. Yeah. Getting, it's getting good, ain't it? Like, and we've only got two episodes left. Oh. So we've got fucking cop bitch being too goddamn snooty for her own good. Some, yeah, that's, that doesn't look good. My question is, is like, is she going to like find out what's going on with uh, Kurt? And is she going to be nice? W- right. And is she going to be in this situation where she's like, well, Dexter only kills bad people. He's a bad people. So I'm going to let Dexter fucking kill him. And yeah. then I'm going to tell Dexter to leave. Yeah, that's the thing. Like she's listening to the podcast. Yeah. And you know, it's it's the bad it's the serial killer that only kills bad guys. Yeah. Like how Give bad me a is fucking he? break. 
You yeah. know? Yeah. I know you're a cop, but... But still, though, you know? I mean, I killed bad guys. Yeah. So... And I'm going to show Harrison how to do it. You know? Yeah, I'm going to teach him the code. Something that Harry taught me. <laughs> um, so... I, I kind of have a feeling that's the way this is going to shake out. Like, she's going to be pissed, try to arrest Dexter. Dexter's going to be like, I just told Harrison. It's time for me to tell you. And, like, he's like, we got to go after Kurt. And then I'm fucking, he's either going to fake his death again with, you know, him and Harrison both uh, and leave. Or she dies by Kurt. That would be fucking nuts. That would, well, but it would help. Yeah, it would be perfect. Yeah, that sounds more left field as to what'll happen because it'll bring her arc full circle because she's been trying to avenge her buddy the whole show. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. We got, like I said, two episodes left, I believe, and um, you know, it, I'm interested to see what Harrison's reaction to all this is going to be because, as far as we know, he hasn't killed anybody. And it's like, if if he tells Harrison about it, is that going to give him peace of mind enough and awareness enough to be like, okay, I know what's happening here. I know what I'm doing wrong. I need to figure out a way to control the urges at base instead of channeling the urges. Or, you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Now, that, if they go, it would be crazy if they went the whole uh, route of, you know, if they if they take a left turn on us and make it to where Harrison truly is this innocent kid trying to find his 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 biological father, yeah, and you know he's picked up a chip along the way on his shoulder, and he thinks he's ready to accept what Dexter is, and say they get they get Kurt on the slab, they take him down, and the show ends with him being like, you know, this ain't the life for me, Dad, <laughs> like, and he you know. nopes out. Yeah. Yeah. He could, man. But it's on the idea that, like, you know, because... And it's going to be over. Yeah, because the the show itself, I mean, uh, have either of you seen any word whether it's going to get renewed or if this is going to be on? But it seems like it's called Season 1 New Blood. Yeah. I don't know why they wouldn't just continue with, you know... Yeah. Yeah. Why's it got to be a completely new? You know, I don't know. But will it go on to be like a Harrison show? I don't know. I feel well, like I feel like Michael C. Hall. I feel like his. I feel like Dexter's not gonna die. Yeah, I don't think I'd be so. Fucked up if it did. Yeah. Like, like you brought him back just to kill him. Oh. <laughs> but uh, well, they they have kind of you know hinted around about like if the show does well. If the if Showtime's happy with it, then it may be something that continues on. Um, and if that's something that happens, then that's that's cool. But like, I think that they need to do it. They need to do it the right way. And like, I don't know what the right way would technically be, but like, I really don't want a Harrison show. I like the kid. I want a know? show without Dexter. Like, yeah, I mean, it's called Dexter. You know. Yeah. So. And you're right, he's probably not going to die. But, you know. But is he going to want to stick around and do the show, you know? I I think I mean, he he's will. A, he's in on tour with yeah. the Butterfly Museum. <laughs> it, just, it just makes me wonder 
what type of ending we're going to get. Is it going to be a cliffhanger? Is it going to be an opening for interpretation? Or is it going to have a sense of finality to it? I think that they're going to do it. They're going to, I, I think that they'll have a finality to it. That way, like if they want to come back and pick up, that's fine. If they want to have that be a one season tie up, tie, you know, tie everything up right there, then it's fine. Because I mean, if, if you finish this story right here and it's like Dexter Harrison, Kurt, the, the cop chick, like if all that's wrapped up and they leave, then you can say, oh, well, they're go- he's going to another town. He's starting his life over again, you know, with or without Harrison. And that's just how it's going to be. He's going to continue to kind of nomad around until he gets found out, you know, or whatever. Um, yeah. but, but if they decide to pick it up, then it's like, okay, well, let's see some of these adventures that he yeah. goes on. Because there's a lot of, lot of world out there, you know? Well, like they could wrap up with Kurt. Yeah. And then if it ends on that, then if they decide to bring it back, you got the whole girlfriend thing. Yeah. People in the town. Like, yeah. Whatever happened to the fucking mayor? I don't know. Dude, the last time we saw him, he stopped and offered that girl a ride. Yeah. Like, what what happened with that? Disappeared. Yeah. That was something that was building up to something for a minute, you know? Yeah. It was almost like they were trying to fool you. Like, which one is it? Yeah. And then once you you find out it's Kurt, they're like, fuck that guy. He was lame anyway, you know? <laughs> what a bitch, you know? You figured it out. I mean, or what if that dude kidnaps the fucking cop's daughter? Because, you know, the cop's daughter was the one oh, that was like... He was trying, yeah. Yeah. You fucking piece of shit. Wouldn't you know? that be... That would be a crazy cliffhanger for like, us. He's got a whole nother... Well, here's <laughs> the thing, dude. We still haven't seen... Kurt's trophies. Nope. Where are these trophies? Yeah, that's he was embalming the bodies. He was embalming the bodies and he shot that girl in the face. And that's why he was trying to make that eyepiece for her. Yeah. Because he fucked her up. Yeah. That's why he won't shoot them in the back. Because he needs them to be all I don't where are these how many? I bet Are we going to get to see the kill room, you know? I, I bet that's going to be the next episode, man. Probably where he was going, right? Yeah. Running away? He's mm. got quite the trophy collection. I think, I think like The Matrix, I think what's made this season of Dexter so good is that just... It, it's almost it's just better to just go into stuff without expectations anymore. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You'll find yourself enjoying things just a little bit more again. Yeah. Because the one thing that's for sure is that, you know, the the mindset of people that are completely convinced now that, you know, Hollywood's just completely lost all creativity. And to a degree, maybe they have. But with pop culture properties, especially people who are rallying against every single little decision that's getting made. Yeah. Um, it, the past few weeks of content have shown that if you can not necessarily put up with it, cause you know, if, if something's so blatantly obvious and it sucks and it just, you know, sticks out like a sore thumb, then yeah, into the trash can it goes. Yeah. But I, I'm, you know, a lot of these things you, you see people 
trying to pull up the you know the agenda and stuff and and i've been very surprised at the lack of what and when i say agenda i mean it's a that's a very generalized statement Mm -hmm. but you know it it seems that people are starting to get a little better at being able to convey messages but without it just ruining the story yeah yeah for sure man the way you should do it well i think exactly I think that fucking uh, Lovecraft Country was a perfect example of that. Yeah. Like, with his dad's story arc, you know? Yeah. I, I really like the way that they... That was like the best story arc in the show. It really was, man. And, and it came that's full, coming from us. Yeah. It came full circle, man. Like, we're straight. Yeah. But that was an awesome little storyline. But here's the thing, though, man. That guy... That played his dad. Oh yeah, like he was incredible. Ass off. Yeah, yeah, dude, yeah. and like that right there was like that helped. And that's the thing that helps sells it too. It's like if you put the right people in it and you have a really yes. good, interesting message uh, that you want to convey. That's why We've I'm excited about this so many times. Like, yeah. and you know, and you know, I, I I feel like I was the most reluctant of the three to watch this, to watch Lovecraft Country. Um, but I, I I did by the end of it, it was one of those situations where you you are glad that you stuck through the ride. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Um, I'll be the first to admit there were moments throughout the show where I'm like, I'm fucking done with this. But they, they R.I.P. Chalky White. I know, right? <laughs> um, I mean, they had that in the show. Yeah. But um, but Dexter was great. I'm looking forward to the. Yeah, uh, can't wait to watch the next one. Yeah, but we did have a, a series finale happen this past week. Well, that the that was the last episode. Yes, it was. Damn. So, a lot happened too. Yeah, real estate's going real comic now because we're about to. Yeah. So here, here's what I'm going to say about Hawkeye. Okay, I enjoyed the show pretty well. Yeah, way more than I thought I was. Yeah, for that, sure. That, that's the thing. That's what, went in like that. Like, eh, yeah, probably that, be all right. Yeah, for sure. That, that definitely is what kept me coming along too. And plus, the story for it wasn't that bad. No. <sighs> Uh, it was Die Hard in the Marvel Universe. Yeah, more or less, right? Um, here's what I didn't like about it, though. They should have had two more episodes. Yeah, or this one should have just been really long. Yeah, because they were trying to wrap like a up. two-hour episode, something. Well, the, they introduce Black Widow's sister when there's like an episode and a half left. You know uh-huh. what I mean? If that. Speaking speaking of of Black Widow, if I had any major criticism other than probably, you know, what we're going to get to with Kingpin, I would say my biggest criticism throughout the whole show was the beef between Yolanda and Clint. Because it was completely unfounded. Well, dude, she just beat the shit out of him and then he whistled and she was like, wait a minute, you know? No one well, else knows whistle. that whistle. Yeah. Well, well, they had their yeah. It was a Martha moment. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly what yeah. it was. Yeah. And but yeah. I just well, it's it's like it it's the whole thing is that 
yeah, we get it. We saw where she snapped out and snapped back and five years passed. And what the hell? How did I get here? Yeah. And it was macaroni. <laughs> and you would think you would think the first thing a Black Widow would do or any of the Marvel characters that are just really badass agents of some organization. Yeah. Their first the, one of the first things in their training would be, hey, do a little recon first. Yeah, what happened when I was gone? Yeah. Figure out the well, situation. Like, you the boy lady in the street, that, uh, what's the paper say? You know, we saw on the, was it, was it Hawkeye? No, it was Black, what's the, it was Black Widow. Where she yeah. sees her at the end? Yeah, yeah. She's like, yeah, let me tell you what happened. Maybe vet her. Yeah, like what you know the what I'm fuck? Just, yeah. I think she's a bad guy, you know? Or it doesn't have the the best fucking yeah. intentions Well, she's in got mind. her interest in mind. Yeah, exactly, yeah. You know, maybe do a little vet. And it's like, why you got to beat the shit out of my boy, dude? Yeah. Dude, I'm going to tell you guys, I really didn't give too much two fucks about Hawkeye. Yeah. It was kind of like, uh, oh, what's her name? Wanda. Yeah. Eh, WandaVision. You know, I was like, yeah, it's Wanda, whatever. But then that show, you know, it was like, wow, I actually like this character. I did, did that for Hawkeye, but I feel like he's kind of on his way out. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. They kind of show well, you I... that with him having the ice up and, you know, it's like one little final job, introduce the new Hawkeye. Yeah. Lady Hawk. And well, and you know, I think. Adding to that, I think that one of the one of the things that made it so good was that you know they both like the Lady Hawk and Hawkeye, they uh they had good chemistry. Like they did. I could yeah I could have watched it and I could watch I could have sat through a whole movie of yeah. them no uh, of this story made into a film. You know yeah yeah. Uh, she has the she has that Spider Man charisma where it's like you know. Leaping in the danger without yeah. really thinking it All through. All bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Just... Yeah, and it contrasted, it contrasted well with Hawkeye being like, you know, he... Yeah. It sh- well, it's the he's first... getting too old for that shit. Well, it's also <laughs> the first the first person that we got to see outside of Iron Man where the events of the Avengers and all of their battles that they've had have fucked with them. Yeah. Like they're all like the the, yeah. the the front the front line has some mental damage that they haven't fully oh, explored or started to explore now, you know? Yeah. They yeah. kinda limited it to Iron Man to kind of be the message for that. But I thought it was cool how they brought in Hawkeye and, and they let him kinda because that would make more sense. He's the let him give his piece. Yeah. And he's Especially because one of the best scenes was where they're like, "Why, like, what's up with your ear?" And you just see like a quick cut of all the fucking explosions happening. Yeah, and he's like, "Eh, some stuffs, some stuffs went down. Like, I can't, I can't hear that great." Yeah, but also just showing you from from Kate's perspective too, just how much like how, the scope of all of the Avenger battles, and I love how it gets ex- expanded on, and I've. I've really, I've, I think I've said it in other Marvel episodes too that we've done, but I really like how the consequences of the Avenger movies are not just ignored and brushed off. Yeah. And well, except for WandaVision clearly, but we'll get to that. And, uh, but, but for the most part, like I like how it harkened back to just the first Avengers movie. Yeah. Yeah. Everything happened with Ultron. Yeah. The blip happened and people are back. 
but it still it still showed you just how critical that first that first throwdown still was, you know. Yeah, yeah. What's funny is uh, I don't know if it was the first episode to say it was one of the early episodes of the Hawkeye show. Griffin said, "You know, like, you know, Kate's all right, but I'm gonna need to see her get her ass kicked. And yeah. boy, dude, I need to see her get the shit beat out of her because yeah. she needs. We gotta break her in. Yeah, she needs like, her ass. She's beat. just too damn happy. Yeah, and Kingpin more than boy, does. she got it. Yeah." So, and that, that's my biggest criticism is like, they were trying to wrap up like three different, you know, or four technically four different like arcs in one thing. And it felt, it felt saturated. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Get rid of the, the, the black widow. That, that's shit. Yeah. That's C- a get that, put that down and give me more Kingpin. You yeah, know? Yeah. Yeah. So and all right, so we've get our, we got our first appearance of Kingpin since uh, the the Netflix um, hold has expired, which is just great to see D'Onofrio back. Like I love yeah. his fucking hit, the way that he plays Kingpin is absolutely it's delivery. Yes, it's absolutely incredible, dude. Um, well, like you could almost like whenever he goes from just talking business to where he's just monologuing. Yeah. When he monologues, dude, it's like he goes straight out of a fucking comic book. Like I'm like, dude, this Saturday morning made real. Yeah, yeah. Um But yeah, like it's all right, the mom's working, you know, unpaid debts, this, that, and the other bullshit with yeah. uh the dad and all this kind of stuff. It's like, okay, that's an interesting way for, you know, her to get pulled into all this stuff. Um I do like I enjoyed watching Kingpin beat the shit out of her. He fucked her up, dude. She got lucky and got the fuck out of there she before ki- Kingpin. She got the she got the family friendly Kingpin to beat the shit out of her, but her ass did get stomped. Yeah. Oh, like I was... when he gra- when he grabs her fucking arrows and just snaps the whole quiver. Yeah. 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 And it re- they really do show you a great job of showing how like how strong and how big he is because i mean vincent d'onofrio is not a small dude by any stretch of the imagination but like the way that they use perspective in the show to make him seem larger than life oh yeah was fucking incredible they did it in the netflix series too but they really like this is a lot of people's first introduction to kingpin like you know daredevil and all that stuff was a little bit more mature than i think that you know people were letting on and it's like yeah people watching hawkeye may not necessarily have bothered with the netflix shows yeah exactly um and i think that having kingpin show up in this and then having daredevil show up in other things first before they actually full-on give him his own series or his own movie or whatever they do i think that's a smart move because you can give that backstory. Like they gave Kingpin enough backstory in an episode. Well, pretty much an episode of Hawkeye to where now people are familiar enough with him that they could throw him into whatever they want to. And it makes sense. You know what I mean? That also make people may want to go back and watch that now. Yeah. And I don't know if it's still on Netflix, if it's on Hulu, if if they're going to put it on Disney plus, like, I don't I don't know what they're gonna do with that Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist stuff, Defenders, all that kind of stuff. So 
I'm interested to see what they end up doing with that. Oh, surely he's not dead, right? No, I don't think so. I mean, they didn't show it. No, because I think with with a lot of stuff trying to to shift into its more comic faithful at like version. Yeah, she's gonna she's gonna work for Kingpin. I mean, he's got to be the big bad in the show. Well, well, it would be it would be interesting if you know it could easily be fixed with a scene of them in the alleyway. She's gonna fire the gun, but instead she just shoots it, you know, in anger, like at yeah. the sky or the ground or and something. And she's like, runs off or something. Yeah, like get the fuck away from me, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or which one said something about there's a comic book where he goes blind. So in the comic adaptation for Echo, like she shoots Kingpin, thinks that he's dead, and she actually blinds him. He's not dead, but he's blind. Um, and that's when she has her showdown, like her final showdown with Kingpin. Um, so I may I don't think that they'll go that route with it per se. Borrow a little, or maybe one eye. Yeah, I would like to maybe see him with an eye patch. He's got an eye patch. He spends a little time in the hospital. He spends long enough in the hospital for them to build up their little crew. And for them to get the Echo Show rolling. <laughs> yeah. Like, it makes sense. Well, you know what I mean? Get a few episodes in before he shows up. Well, I, I'd seen an interview with D'Onofrio about coming back as uh, Kingpin. And the way he explained it was, you know, you... In Daredevil, you watch Kingpin rise to power. Yeah, yeah. Well, because of the blip and all of that involved, it it explains that he was blipped out, I guess, maybe. Right. So when he came back, people, you know, the power vacuum was filled. So we get Kingpin back at square one in a way. Okay. So now that they can build him up again. See that, and that would be awesome. And we don't even know if fucking Daredevil got blipped or the Defenders. Like... And that would that would be a very easy way for them to fix this. Like this this Netflix stuff is to have all the defenders got blipped out. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah. And that be that. Um, it's, I mean, you know, it's common sense, of course, but you know, the blip was half of all sentient life. That's that's a high number to hit, you know? Yeah, like yeah. a lot of people are gonna be gone. Yeah, absolutely. So, but I did enjoy Hawkeye. Like, I don't, I see myself revisiting Loki and WandaVision before I revisit Hawkeye. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I did enjoy it. And like yeah. the I, icing on the cake is, you know, having Kingpin brought in, even though um, we only get him for realistically an episode. Uh, it, it, it was good to see him back. And I'm super excited for whatever comes in the future. I, if they make like if they decide to do the same thing that Netflix did where they had these more street level heroes mm-hmm. uh and have Kingpin be the bad guy for those for those heroes, like all of them, you know, if it makes sense for them to be, then I'm okay with that. But I would still somebody I don't know if I was talking to somebody or if uh I read a comment, but somebody was like there's nothing more that I would love than to see Spider-Man and Daredevil have to team up. That would be amazing. And take on Kingpin, yeah. Well, 
we're definitely setting up for some more Spider-Man movies. Yeah, right. We can go ahead. And, and we saw Daredevil there. Yes, yes. What's uh, awesome about both of these shows is like now it's like, oh, so it was canon. Yeah. Yep. It was canon, dude. Um. All right, Spider-Man, guys. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, you know, we were talking earlier about people building stuff up and all this kind of stuff. Like, the marketing did what it was supposed to do for Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. The articles, the theories, the fucking leaks, all this yeah. kind of stuff. The trailers where people CGI'd out. Yes, it did exactly what it needed to do. And, like, to be fair, I was very excited for Spider-Man. I thought that they did a great job with those first two films. And, you know, Foggy's coming out and he's like, this is Spider-Man's endgame. And it's like, well, how big can it get? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They fucking made it as big as humanly possible. I mean, it's the most Spider-Man, Spider-Man film ever. It yes. was a love letter to Spider-Man, dude. It, it really was, man. Yeah. Um, I mean, it picks up right where um, Far From Home ended. Like, right in that moment where fucking Mysterio's like, you know, I fucking... Peter Parker killed me, Peter Parker, Spider-Man, all this stuff. It picks up right there. And, like, his whole fucking world gets, like, thrown on its side, you know? Yeah. Um, And then him, MJ, Ned, like, um, everybody is dealing with this this situation to where... The fallout. Yeah, the, fa- yeah, the fallout from the whole situation. Yeah. Um, and it affects, like, them being able to get into college. They all want to go to college together and all this kind of stuff. And that was one of those things where it's like... I'm okay with them using that as the catalyst for him wanting to, like, change everything. Because yeah. of... Because it's affecting everybody's social lives in a negative way. I think that Especially it, MJ. Yeah, well, right. It's the, it, it's, the, it's the common link that these three films have had. And it's that Tom Holland Spider-Man is wanting to do something overpowered to solve a underpowered like situation. Yes, yeah. And that's exactly what happens. And I, I feel like I would have probably... Like liked it a little bit more if because nobody's life was technically in danger. Not it was just the fact that they couldn't go to college, and it's yeah. like it's like oh let's weigh the options here. Don't go to college, kill Aunt May. Hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But like if that's the kid, any dude, like he tried so hard to fix it, but he just constantly he doesn't win. He'll save the day. Yeah. Trav asked. He was like. Is it classic Spider-Man, dude? Does he fucking save the day, but if he loses? It's like, yeah. That's exactly That's Exactly. Why. In a big way, too. Like, yeah. Because at the end of the movie, it's like, well, you're alone. Yeah. You're just like the other two Spider-Mans now. Yeah. So, but he goes to Doctor Strange, and he's like, look, is there not a spell, something that you can do where everybody forgets that I'm Spider-Man and all this kind of stuff? And he's like, sure, Peter. <laughs> Let me get right on that, you know? And that's that's kind of interesting. So you've got Doctor Strange has been uh, downgraded from Sorcerer Supreme because he was Wong was not snapped. He wasn't blipped out. Yeah, which is like technicality. Yeah, right. 
Which is I feel like once fucking... he came back, it's like, all right, go ahead and reinstate him. But now Wong's still doing anyway. it, dude. Yeah. And he was mad about town, dude. Yeah. It's he like, was... what was Wong doing? He's in and out. <laughs> He's going here. Yeah. He's doing the thing, man. Well, He's... I mean, he has a lot of uh, fight clubs to rip off, man. If, yeah. Uh, Shang-Chi's shown us anything. Yeah, right. Uh, um, but anyway, he he's starting to cast a spell, and in fucking typical Spider-Man fashion, Peter Parker fashion, he starts well, shut the fuck up. Yeah, he yeah. starts. What about Aunt May? Yeah. Well, what about MJ? Yeah. What about he's like, dude, you're fucking don't do it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so the spell starts bringing people into the universe that knows that Peter Parker is Spider-Man, instead mm-hmm. of. Having everyone forget that he's Spider Man, it starts pulling people in. And that's where, I mean, it, it doesn't take any time to get into this shit. Uh uh-uh. uh. Oh, dude. Like, zero time whatsoever. And, uh, I mean, we get that first encounter with Doc Ock on the bridge. And, yeah. That, I was. You're not Peter. Yeah. And, like, honestly, and, like, this I feel it's a good time to to say it like, like like y'all had mentioned. It's the part where shit like you know they they spare no time, yeah. And after that, the movie is like the equivalent to like if if, if you were to visualize getting punched in the feels, mm-hmm. yeah. It's the equivalent of Loki being in that time loop, yeah. Where, uh, where she keeps walking in and hitting him in the gut and walking off, yeah. It's like that with the fills all throughout the movie, particularly if you're probably, you know, if, if, for anyone listening, if they're about, you know, around our age and you've been watching Spider-Man movies for a hot minute. Yeah, for 20 years, man. Uh, it just becomes a victory. Like, it turns into a victory lap for the next, like, I don't know, two hours. Yeah. Yeah, man. And, like, so... Th- you know, they they end up rounding everybody up. So Doctor Strange is like, look, you know, these people showed up. You got to round them up, put them in their little prison cell things, and then we're going to send them back to their time. And so he ends up rounding everybody up. And then um, Doctor Strange is like, all right, I'm going to send them back. I've got this fucking super badass looking box that I've contained the spell in and all this kind of shit. I'm going to hit this button and it's going to send everybody back and everything's going to be fine. And Parker's like, nah, dude, like they're going to die. I got to help them. Yeah. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to go back to the point before they die. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, even if you fix them, they're still going to go. Yeah. That's still going to happen. Right. Yeah. I mean, I have, I have an argument for that and I think it lies all in Strange's spell casting. Well, depends on how far back they go. Well, no. Well, I think that I think that considering he had to cast a completely different spell to fix everything, because you got to remember everything that reversing the spell in the box is what would have reverted them back to their time of death. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because Strange cast the big spell at the end That's right. and sent everybody back, then they would have just more or less just blipped back into their universe. Or at least that's how I interpreted it. Yeah. Yeah. So they would still have a chance because even though they all agreed at the end, you know, Tom Holland, Spider-Man, he made it very clear. He's like, I don't care what you do with them. 
Don't care if you kill them, if you let them live, but we're getting them the fuck out of here. Yeah. But, like, I'm sitting here thinking, like, he's got the boxes, the fail safe. He's going to try to, like, fix all of them and make them, like, okay. Yeah. So, in his mind, he's going to fix them, but send them back to the point of death. But which I guess, is honestly, which is honestly one of the more, like, like good intention things that has so ever good. happened in the MCU so far. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That it, like no one, no one has to, it's the first, it's one of the few times where it's like, man, no one has to die if we can really do this right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I don't know that that's, that that's about as Spider-Man as you could get to. I mean, it was, you know, there'll be nitpicks for sure, but we're so far along to where this, this, it, it feels less like a Spider-Man movie and more of just like, or not just this movie, but all of them now. It's like just the next chapter in the larger story. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, obviously through Spider-Man's perspective and his pretty much his Rogues Gallery or his AAA Rogues Gallery, and and yeah. So I mean, I just I thought that was that was something you know I, that I took from it as well was just how. Even though you could chalk it up to like stupid kid moment number three, yeah, uh, it was still one of it's the more noble. heroic. Yeah, the most noble act of her, her of heroism that you've that we've seen so far. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, and at that point too, like Aunt May had been killed, and he was like, "I well, he's doing it for her." Yeah. Oh, well, and the he, other two, and, the other and, two and, were even doing it for Aunt May, like. And I mean, I can't believe they went as far as they did to show Tom Holland Spider Man just beating the brakes off of Green Goblin. Yeah, it was man. But let's talk about this fucking apartment fight scene though, real quick. This was my favorite fight scene in the whole film. It was so good that I watched like a Chinese YouTube upload of it. That was like, uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, whenever they first decided to. All right, so he whenever got, old Electro takes the thing and yes, yes, and yeah. then Green Goblin Happy's apartment, yeah, beats the goddamn dog shit out of fucking Spider Man, dude. Yeah, Willem Dafoe is a fucking national treasure. First of all, he killed it, and he like Spider Man has never like Tom Holland Spider Man has never had his ass beat like that. <laughs> you know, he had an ass whooping, dude. <laughs> no, dude, not like that. Even Thanos did kick his ass like that. No, dude, and that was like. You know, in the moment, you're like, holy shit, Green Goblin. And you forget how powerful Green Goblin actually is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, he has the super soldier serum, like, on crack. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, But this fight sequence, like, the way that they were throwing each other in and out of walls and, like, through the floors and the, just that moment where fucking... Spider-Man is on his shoulders, hitting him in the face, and he's just laughing in his face. Yeah, yeah dude. Dude, that right there, Complete I got madness. I got fucking chills. I love it. He's like, whenever that Spider-Sense moment happens, and he walks out of the room, he's yeah. like, hey. and then his ears are ringing and shit, and he fucking hits him with the web. He's like, neat trick you got there. And yeah. Otto's like, Norman, what's wrong? And he's like, Norman's not here. He's on sabbatical. Yeah. It's like, oh, fuck. It's about to get... <laughs> the way he says it, Norman's on sabbatical. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. But um, that fucking apartment fight scene was so fucking good, man. It was good. 
Um, and then like, all right. So there was a couple of moments, like whenever they show daredevil, mm-hmm. that's his lawyer that I fucking stood up in the movie theater and started clapping. Yeah. And nobody else was like, everybody's like, what the fuck? And I'm like, y'all yeah. don't understand. I'm like, this is about this, to get good. This is a big deal that fucking yeah. Matt Murdock. Look at not, 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 Yeah, you're in the movie, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that motherfucker went on and on. Like, I don't know nothing about it. Yeah. But, um, like, that was one moment. The apartment fight scene was, was another moment. Of course, when they bring the other. Peter Parker's in. Well, well, and, and maybe, and, and, and granted, it's not as big a deal as those scenes, but I'll be honest. When Tom Holland's Spider-Man fixes Doc Ock, like oh, yeah. that was that yeah. scene where, I, where 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 Ock's like the voices, man, like yeah, they're, for the first time in a long time they're gone. Like he he like like. That, I'm in control that, now. Well, it's the one. It's one of the only wins that Spider-Man truly achieves in the movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And he achieves it so well that he shows up at the end and helps. Doc came through for him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, that was and, awesome. Which I mean, you know, that's that. I don't know that 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 was a that that was a, a really great scene for me. Was, yeah. That coming through, you know, all kind of breaking down how you know all that shit, and and even the little moments too, like when like when they were just chilling and 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 talking about, you know, their battles with the other Spider Man and all that kind of shit, you know, like all that was just I I really and I really took those scenes in because that was where that's where that's where you're in the middle of the paragraph of the love letter, you know, yeah. Like, well, and the way that, you know, the director was able to completely capture the characterization of of yeah. those actors. Like, even, you know, like Jamie Foxx was a little different, but they explained that. In a, yeah, they did a good job, but yeah. he's like, I like this version of me. Yeah, yeah. Fly as fuck. It was almost like uh, when Steve Urkel, you know, the cool Urkel? Oh, yeah. Sexy Urkel? Yeah, it was kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah, he came through, and I and I get that. If I was him, I'd have been like, "Can I stay?" Yeah, right. Yeah, I have a chance in this world. Yeah. Um, and then they bring in, of course, Andrew Garfield and Toby. Dude, when he saves MJ, oh my god, dude! That look on him of y'all wasn't feeling dude. that. Yeah, dude. Huh? Like you have those moments where it's where like I'm I'm a, I'm a borrow Adam's word again, facting, dude. Yeah. yeah. Oh, his uh, face said it all. Yeah, Steve, like like Steve Rogers he couldn't save his, but he saved the, that one. Yeah, you like that. The look made you feel every emotion you needed to feel. Yes, uh, yeah. It, for anyone who even like who who watched the Amazing Spider-Man films, and do they even recreated something that I was no, that I noticed while it was happening? Because when it started, I was like, "Oh, here's this moment," you know? Yeah. Uh, as he's falling to save her, he's doing the same. Sh- it's almost the same fall as the Gwen yeah. Stacy one. Yeah. The way he's bouncing off the debris, trying to mm-hmm. catch up to her fall. You know. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that was. I figured I would be more touched by Tobey Maguire's return, 
But I, Andrew I found Garfield my, killed it, dude. I found yeah. myself very surprised at how much I enjoyed hit like like Amazing Spider-Man's return. Yeah, you know, he might be returning again. Yeah, yeah dude. And like we, I, I think that we owe it to ourselves to do the Amazing Spider-Man, both of those films, on the podcast because it's been a little while since I've seen them. But I really enjoyed those Spider-Man movies. They were good. And they they just got a bad rap because of a couple of fucking aesthetic changes. You know what I mean? And and it's like, dude, like, fuck off. Like, when you have a good Spider-Man, let this man be fucking Spider-Man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I, to me, like, Toby played such a more reserved, like, season. He did. He was like a well, seasoned skiller. Yeah, he played. Yeah. He, he he played. He, he played it so well, though. I mean, yes, yeah. Like, because it, it's like like y'all are saying the the, the seasoned Spider Man, the one who's seen the most shit of all of them. Yeah. And yeah, it was. I don't know. Like when, whenever he steps through, you know, because once we saw once we saw Amazing Spider Man, we knew Rami's Spider Man was shortly to follow. Yeah. And them being able to, you know, which we we all kind of figured it was going to happen. Like yeah. we followed this this movie from the moment they were like, "Yeah, we're making this a trilogy," you know. But see yeah. how they like change. Like you know, we all kind of thought we were like, "Okay, they're going to show up. They're all going to have to find me." It was different. It was, yeah, yeah. Like and, but, you know what I mean? They kind of like fucked on us a little bit with information yeah. and. And I don't know about you guys, but to like this movie has a lot of like perfect moments, comic book genre style, you yeah. know. Yeah. And another one probably has to be. And this to, to me, it's the be- one of the best scenes in the movie, and it's uh, Peter one and Peter two, or Peter two and Peter three, telling uh, Spider Man, you know, all this loss that you're gonna have, like it's what makes you what you are. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that you still remain like the the whole like the moral of the story, kids, like that whole point is encapsulated in that scene. Yeah. And that's a that's one of the few moments, man, where like the nuances of the comic book blended beautifully with, with the movie. Yeah. And the fact that the filmmakers cause it cause you know, that shit can, can sometimes come off campy, the whole don't be like me or, you know, like, yeah, don't, you know, don't, don't go down the left-hand path, man. But yeah. it, it just, they broke down each person's loss and how, you know, even though he, you know, he's going through what he was going through, that it's going to be all right because yeah. like they went on to do things like they, even though like they were both Spider-Man further along the timeline, to yeah. where they could be able to tell him, "Hey, you're, it's going to be," and th- that's it's. I don't know. It was perfect. Well, but well, here's. You know, go ahead, man. Well, all I was going to say is like the reason that it that it wasn't campy was because even though we haven't seen, you know, Tobey Maguire Spider Man in so long, we haven't seen Andrew Garfield Spider Man in so long. We we saw and it we saw them experience that loss. Multiple yeah. different versions of loss for both of those characters. So when they're explaining that, like, it has it, they're basically telling the audience, they're like, 
yeah, it was bad, and it hasn't really gotten any better. And yeah. this is your life now. We've experienced it. So they have this. That's why it doesn't feel campy, because we've seen them experience this shit firsthand. But also at the same time, like. You can tell with with the way that their facial expressions and everything else were is like, this is legitimate 100 percent. Like, this is the way it's going to be for you. And yeah. and that's why I that's why I feel it came off like that, because like. I mean, how do you explain to someone unless you physically and let like I can sit here and explain to someone that have both of their parents how it's like how it was like for me when my dad passed away, but they're not going to yeah. understand that unless no, they experience they'll never that. Understand until it happens. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And that's kind of the same thing with the Spider Man stuff. It's like we've seen both of these things happen to both of these characters. We can sympathize with them and only imagine how much worse it's been for them. Yeah. Would you notice like uh Toby Maguire, I mean he's not cocky. No. Like he's just He's laid back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. He's well, like, the, uh, what yeah, do you mean? Well, the whole like what do you can you shoot web out of other things? Yeah. Can we talk well, about a dick? Well, like I liked it too, because you know, when it, when when we see Toby, you know, Andrew Garfield's full on doing Spider Man shit. Like yeah. he comes right out like dressed that was you know, funny, full dude. suited up. Yeah. Well, Toby, he steps on, you know, and he's like, you know, what, what is it they you call him? Yeah. 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 But that whole moment where they're, they're getting ready for the final. The well, yeah, for that final battle. And they're like, you got you got a suit, right? And you just see Toby laying the collar down and you're just like, my man. Yeah. You know? Always. What I was going to say about, so when they first like started doing the um the tom holland spider-man it was like okay like we just started where we started it's like all right we don't have to get that backstory yeah you know we don't have to go through all that they just got in i mean how many you know we've seen him in several movies already yeah well i thought that's just how it was gonna be right like he's just gonna be in there we're not gonna go through all that shit again well after all these movies he's been in now we're getting to his yes well the whole trilogy was set up to it yeah yeah it was a really clever way of doing that. It, like, it was, man. Instead of coming in with that, and having, we're having to watch that again for the third time. Yeah. We had this huge build-up to it, and it's like, oh, now. Yeah. Now he's going to work at the fucking paper and get pictures of Spider-Man. Yeah. And and all it, of that's going to happen. And having Green Goblin kill Aunt May. Yeah. Not some thug that killed Uncle Ben. It was a supervillain killed his aunt. Like that, you, well, fuck. The only you, thing it, I was missing was Joey Diaz. Yeah, listen to cocksuckers. Um, well, think of it this way: when Goblin arrives in the MCU, you know what is that going to do? How is he going to react to that? Exactly right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Because man. because I mean I think all the villains in the MCU are inevitable, whether they're short lived or not. Yeah. Do you think his best friend's going to be? I'm not going to die in your arms, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that character, you know. I mean, that, that happens in every other one, right? Well, and that character ends up going on to be the Hobgoblin. Ned does. Yeah. But, I mean, who at this point, who knows, man? Yeah. Well, before we get too far removed from what we were saying a minute ago, though, um, I, I'll, 
you know, in regards to how they, they treat his origin and how, you know, oh, yeah, you know, I love, I, I still think one of the best moments in the trilogy as a whole had to be when, when Spider-Man's explaining to Iron Man for the first time, or I think it was to, it might've been to Ned, but he was like, the spider doesn't matter. Yeah. The spider's been dead a long time. Yeah. And it's like, you know, that, that, that was a, that was a good one, one line to fucking just be like, y'all know, I know, let's keep like, move along. Yeah. Yeah. Which it looks like we're going to get some of that story play out with the animated series that's going to be coming out. So. Oh yeah. I mean, that's going to be his freshman year when he first became Spider-Man. So. Well, we may see some of that. Yeah, we may see some of that stuff play out, but it. I mean, dude, Endgame and Infinity War, like everything that they've been able to accomplish, has been absolutely phenomenal. But a lot of people's favorite character, Spider Man. Yeah, I love Spider Man. He's one of my favorite Marvel characters, and the way that they did something new. Yeah. With something so familiar, like absolutely, I I mean I never thought that they would have been able to to do something like that. And well, this director is going to kill it. Yeah, with the the Fantastic Four. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, he, I, the way this, he handled this, I've got all the faith in the world in this dude. Yeah, I, I have to agree. He 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 perfectly captured family with Spider Man. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, whenever you actually have a family that's a superhero team, that's going to be incredible, man. And I I saw a rumor today. uh, I think there was a YouTube video. So, you know who the rumors for uh, The Thing and Mr. Fantastic are? All right. The Thing, the rumor for that is Seth Rogen. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, the voice. They said, yeah, they said that... Now, um, in all fairness, if you've ever read a Fantastic Four comic... He's, I'm uh, not mad at that voice thing, for that character. The thing's kind of ridiculous. His dialogue, goofy. Is, his, yeah. his dialogue is very silly. Yeah. I mean, that voice kind of matches that body. Yeah, it does, yeah. They said, all right, so the reason that they're pointing at this is because Seth Rogen was in talks with Marvel a year or two ago about playing two potential characters. One of the characters was Nova, and one of the characters was The Thing. And they have... Oh, sorry. Well, I don't know. They ha- I don't think that they've cast Nova yet, but I'm pretty sure Nova's going to be in Guardians of the Galaxy, right? So yeah. that that casting will be confirmed sooner rather than later. Um, But we'll see, though, you know? Yeah. And then the Mr. Fantastic casting was um the guy who plays Dennis from It's Always Sunny. No way. Yeah. I mean he he, he could pull the look he's off. He's got the look, man. Yeah, he does. And he's got the fucking, you know, pan axe. Yeah, yeah. I mean I mean the uh you know these these Marvel films have a good they they have a good track rec- record of taking 
actors and making them have performances you wouldn't expect them to be able to have. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like Michael Keaton as the Vulture. Yeah. What? Uh, yeah. Um, what are some other ones? That may really be like? why they I pulled mean, those episodes of that show. I mean, fucking Paul Rudd as Ant-Man. You know? Like, yeah. they... So I think it could be done. For and sure. I think with and with and with and to elaborate more on Seth Rogen as the thing, I feel like it would be I feel like once he transforms into the thing, give him like some, some sort of like audio filter, like kinda like the kinda like with Groot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because honestly, you wouldn't know Groot was Vin Diesel until you saw the credits. Yeah, yeah. I think that and, the yeah. director's going to pull a um, a Spider-Man with it and just have them already be the Fantastic Four. Yeah, I kind of don't want to see Seth Rogen as, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And what what's good about that, I mean, the thing is like a fucking pile of rocks. Yeah. Well, Seth Rogen sounds like he's fucking got rocks in his throat. Yeah, already. His yeah. voice does it match was... that. And the reason I'm not even mad at that if he plays him is like, Seth Rogen ain't right in the movie. Yeah, right. He's just reading um, the line, so. Well, another thing too with uh, it would be it would be badass too because you know they start the movie, they're already doing Fantastic Four shit, or they're doing stuff, and people are like, "Who the fuck are these people?" You know, and you're just seeing the the plot unfolding, and you just have like a moment where, you know, maybe you know. Use use the thing as the point, the person to to do the uh, exposition of like you know, you know we should have never went through that fucking portal, you know, like we you, you know ha- use it in like the moment of doubt in the movie, yeah, and just have him be like you know it's like here's how we became what we were, but here's you know give give a reason because like they're down on their luck and he's reminiscing about it, you know, yeah, well and and. They could use the setup for um, the Spider-Man to be the reason for why they are the way that they are. Well, I mean, yeah, because who we don't fully know the ramification of what Doctor Strange has done. Yeah, yeah, he's opened the multiverse, but what else has that caused? Like, could that have sent some sort of you know? Well, that cosmic and wave his movie. Something? Is going to come out before the Fantastic Four, right? Oh, yeah, for sure, man. We have no... I mean, that trailer looks nutty. Yeah. There's a lot going on there. Yeah. So, you know, new shit may come to light. But, dude, so that was, like, talked about this week, him playing that character? It was a video that I watched on lunch. Uh, Yeah, I think it was, like, four or five days old, something like that. All right, well, about four or five days ago, Corey was like, guess what they did? They pulled these episodes of It's Always Sunny. Off of every streaming service. Yeah, but you know, it comes. it's on Hulu. Yeah. So I which think is, it's actually owned by Disney. Which is Disney owned now, yeah. So if Disney is going to be like, we'll want to bring you in as this character, but you know, we're introducing you, we're putting our stamp on you. Yeah. We can't have people going and watching this shit and getting all pissed at us and trying to cancel you. You're like, yeah. Because you know they will. Oh yeah, like for sure. Like so it's like, measure. let's just go ahead and get rid of it. Yeah. Which those DVDs and Blu-rays just went up in value. If yeah, you got them. Cause, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 But that's weird, dude, because that happened around the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, 
I always thought that he would be perfect casting for uh, Doctor Doom because of how cynical he is on the show. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think that, and you know, there was a was it last season of It's Always Sunny where he wasn't in a good majority of it. Yeah, he just disappeared for a while, and then yeah. just shows back up. Yeah, so, I mean, who knows, man? Maybe they were doing some tests, you know. Dude, that's right. He was gone for a while. He was gone for, like, half the season, and then he shows back up out of nowhere. Yeah, looking for his car. Yeah. He yeah. left it right here. Yeah. So. And then there was nothing that he was in. No? Like. So, and you got to think, who's, like, there's... Who's to say he hasn't already went in and filmed stuff, you know? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, he definitely could have went in and, like, they're getting the costumes right, you know, yeah. doing some test yeah. test screenings to see how that's going to look on film, you know. And it's always... That would be huge for him. Yeah. I mean, he's great, so... Oh, yeah. And how funny would it be to see them rip that off in the show? You know what I mean? Him, like, uh, yeah. I can already hear him and Rogan going back and forth. Yeah, right. I mean, dude, imagine a movie where the Fantastic Four and the Guardians are the big team that have to take down the bad guy. That would, oh. that would be amazing. You got cocky Star-Lord. You got fucking... Um, I mean, just all the all the chances for interactions with the characters. Oh. And how they would, you know... Yeah, yeah. Be, be so awesome. Right. Like imagine, like imagine uh, uh, the Human Torch interacting with uh, like Rocket. Yeah, or, right. I mean, just like like I said, the possibilities are endless for really good writing with that with those guys. Yeah, because I I felt like I felt like that would be a good way of of like doing present time Earth cosmic Marvel stuff is have the Fantastic Four going off on missions and whatnot. Yeah, and. You know, they end up in space for whatever reason. And they could even, you know, like I said, they run into the Guardians and do something. Or they run into the Nova. Like, you could, you know, pick your pick your story, you know? Yeah, yeah. I have all the faith in the world. Absolutely. And Kevin Feige, Marvel, and this fucking director. Yes. Hey, that director is doing a show. It's actually the next thing he's got in line before the Fantastic Four, but he's doing the episode one for a show called The Old Man. Hmm. And it, uh, it's an FX show. Go figure. Yeah. But it's got Jeff Bridges. Wow. Uh, John Lithgow. It's a story about a, a former CIA officer who's living off the grid, finds himself on the run from people who want to kill him. I'm guessing that's Bridges. I don't know. Yeah. But when I saw that, I was like, hell yeah. Oh, man, look at my life. They got to use that, right? Like, yeah, I know. Um, What about, all right. At the end of Venom, which is the yeah. only reason that we watch Venom, is to see the post credit scene. He gets pulled into the MCU. Yep. How how fitting was it that the whole time that he was there, he was just like at a bar trying to figure out what the fuck is going on? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, he's such a fuck up, you know? Yeah. And they played it true. 
What I liked, man, is how people were like, but why was he there? He don't know who Spider-Man is. And it's like, well, in the, right at the end of the movie, the motherfucker said it's a hive mind. So yeah. any Venom that knows who Spider-Man, you know what I mean? He's like, I'm going to tell you everything that we know. Yeah. Hope your little, you know, pea brain can handle it. Yeah. And he starts seeing flashes of stuff and then he gets sucked into it. It's like, oh, because he knows who Spider-Man is now. Yeah. And that's that's a clever way for them to do it. That was you know? clever. Yeah. And I like how when he leaves the bar, you know, you see the little shit on the, the, the bar. Yeah. And it's like, so that's a good way of them bringing that over without having it be him. Yeah. Or He can a, go make another movie or however many. You know, I know they're yeah. doing another one. Yeah. But we can get our own Venom in the MCU. Well, here's what people... Tony can have theirs. Yeah. Well, here's what people want. Let me know what you think about this, Trav. I don't know if you've heard this or not, but um, people want the you know another amazing Spider-Man film with um, Andrew Garfield, right, to finish his trilogy out. They want it to be him versus Venom, the Tom Hardy Venom. That'd be great. Yeah, people. There's be longer than an hour and a half, but yeah. yeah. There's a petition going around online right now where they want uh, the Amazing Spider-Man 3 to come out. They want to bring Andrew Garfield back and yeah. finish his trilogy. And they also want to have Tom uh, Hardy come in and play Venom in this. Uh, well, it would be a Sony movie. Yeah. Those are both Sony characters. Yeah. Um. Uh, definitely a better villain than the other villains he fought. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's a lot of room there for uh, for some great things to happen, in my opinion. He kind of stole the show. To me, he did. He did, dude. The internet loved him, like, and it's yeah. like, but you fucking bitched about the movies and got it shut down. Yeah, and all right, that's one thing that I want to say about all this stuff. Okay, here here's the deal, man. Like, we can sit here and tell you right now that the Ghost Rider films with Nicolas Cage that came out were not the greatest fucking movies ever made, right? Yeah. yeah. But they got us a Ghost Rider movie, right? Yeah. And we've read, or I've at least read rumors, that when they bring fucking Ghost Rider into the MCU, they're wanting to do something very similar with Ghost Rider that they did with Spider-Man. They want to bring Nick Cage. They want to bring um, Elliot... Um, old man fucking ghost rider with the horse. And then they also want to bring in the new version of ghost rider. That was in agents of shield. And also of course, have a new version of Johnny blaze. If we get and that a new character. Yeah. Yeah. So, and if we get that, then like, okay, quit bitching about the movies. Like, yeah, some movies are going to be better than other movies. That's just the reality of the situation. Well, and then on down the line, you may get another movie, you know, 20 years later. Yeah. That makes that movie even better. Exactly. Exactly. Which is what's just happened. I mean, it wasn't that long, but with Andrew Garfield, like people were bitching about that. Now they, they won't shut the fuck up. They want him in a movie. Yeah. And I'm like... If y'all would have kept y'all's fucking panties like on instead yeah. of le letting them fucking ring around your fucking voice box, we would have got another amazing Spider-Man film. Now, granted, we probably wouldn't have got we we may not have got Tom Holland as Spider-Man, which would have been a shame, right? Yeah. But we may also have had 
Andrew Garfield come in as that version of Spider-Man in the MCU. We don't know what they would have done. You know what I mean? Yeah. But let's yeah, because the backlash over the movies just kind of got rid of him as playing Spider-Man. Like they were like, uh, uh-uh, we're not yeah. doing another one. It's the same shit that happened with Justice League. It's the I mean, we've seen it. The it's the proof is in the pudding, right here. Let these people have their fucking visions. Let these people see their visions out. And at the end of the day, if it's not good, then that's fine. But at least let us get to that point, you know? Yeah. Like the guy that did the Amazing Spider-Man, he did both of them. Mark Webb. He did, he did both of them, I'm pretty sure, here. And, I mean, I mean, this dude has done some good shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like he did his fucking, he did his Spider-Man movies, and that was that. And it's like, bring him back. Let's see what he what else he has to say, you know, about the amazing Spider-Man. And let that be that. They've got their Sony Spider-Man right there in the bag. They can do whatever they oh, want. Oh, they're even talking about, you know, there was talks of Sam Raimi. Yeah, coming back and finishing doing the Vulture. his last, yeah. Yeah. And I'm okay and with it. They've already, they've set him up for it. Yeah. It's like, we just had a movie come out, and as of two days ago, has made a billion dollars worldwide already. Uh, just a little over. Yeah. So. And they've, they've handed it to him again. Oh, yeah, for sure. On well, a nice little platter. It's like, here well, you go. Specifically, they made a billion dollars making a Marvel or making an MCU Spider-Man based on what Rami and Webb created. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Because without, without either of those, without either of those film series, this movie wouldn't have existed. I mean, no. obviously. Yeah. So... And it's what people wanted. We wanted to see, like, when we caught, when everyone caught wind of the apple pie that is the three Spider-Men in one film, everyone was like, we were, where's the window? Yeah. Where's the window? You know, like, we were, so it showed that people wanted to see those characters again. Yeah. And people are going back to see it, you know, like, I mean, a billion dollars, I mean, it's, it's the only movie this year to hit a billion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, there is a movie in China that's around 900 million, of course, that won't be released here, but, if there's but one, still. If there's one thing Co- uh, Pandy has shown, it's that people will work through the apocalypse and they will risk it to go see Spider-Man. Yeah. So, I mean, even fucking Shang-Chi did good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I, and despite the controversy, I think a lot of people went and watched Black Widow too. Yeah. So, but I, I mean, they did amazing work, and I'm so happy that this movie exists. And now, like, it's it's so fucking genius, man. Legitimately, like in the future, when you sit down with your children and you're like, "Do you guys want to watch the Spider Man fucking saga?" And they're yeah. like, what's that? And I'm like, well, we've got three with this dude. We've got two with this dude. We've got two with this dude. And then we've got the fucking be all end all. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that's it, impressive. It's, it, it's 
it's almost a Star Wars level saga just around one Marvel character. Yeah. Much deserved. And I mean it fix it fixes with the exception of Blade, it fixes any of the loose Marvel threads that are out there right now. Yeah. And I think that they may may fix that. I mean, yeah. So, uh, one thing I I needed to ask because I I I figured I'd wait till the pod. Um. So I know I think I think I think me and Adam still. Uh, you haven't seen Eternals, have you, Adam? Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. So just like with Shang Chi, Griffin, is there is there any Eternal connection at all, or is or or does it? Or is Eternals absolutely its own secular story? It's its own thing, man. Gotcha. It's it's its own thing. One thousand percent. Like you're in, you're out. It does, done. It does what it needs to do. It gives information for what it needs to give, but it doesn't like enrich, you know recent things it's it's definitely gonna it's 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 a it's a world builder film yeah it's it's planting a seed right now and it's gonna bloom probably in the next five years you know what i mean yeah on the on the scope but but yeah as far as i know i think that's still the one that's looming in the air that that i haven't gotten under the belt Uh, that drops in january so we'll definitely do it on the pod checking that out yeah I wanted the other night I was listening to the newest episode of Hollywood Babylon. Yeah. And they were talking about how much they paid these three. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So you'll remember like a uh, Toby Maguire, he made like 21, $23 million off the movies he did. Yeah. And his net, he's got a net worth of like 75 million. So he's, you he's know, good. Yeah. So they, they weren't in the whole movie. They were only in there for a little bit. So they paid them each a million dollars. Wow. Pretty good little payday for, you know, but considering what the movie's made, yeah, there might be a little back end. I don't know. You know, it could have been one of those things where it's like, we don't know how it's going to play because of the pandy. So, yeah. but I was like, it's kind of low, but you know, they're loaded. Yeah. And it might set them up to, to be in more movies and yeah. make more money. But here's the one where I was like, Ooh, that's weird. Tom Holland, four to 5 million. Wow. That seems like that's a little bit under. Now, he's going to be guaranteed more roles, and I think I saw where he has a net worth of like fifteen million already. So, right. Yeah. But still, how did they talk when about? You're paying Black Widow the kind of money you're paying her. Yeah. For her movie. But there was there was no like reports of back end deals. Like that was just what was reported that they were paid for doing the movies. You don't even know if that's true, really. I mean, yeah. Did they uh, comment how much the uh, villains were paid? No. You got to think that they probably did it for. See, that's right, man. They had to pay a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, if you pay a million each. Yeah. Well, they probably they probably laid it out like, look, everybody across the board, because we got some star power yeah. in this movie. And everybody's got to we're eat. All go, we're all going to take this much. And I bet you there is a back end. I mean, there has to be because it's standard in all casting clauses. They yeah. have that worked in somehow. Especially for these kinds of movies. Yeah. I think they, I think they knew what they had. Yeah. They, they knew they had a, they, they knew they had a banger of a script. And 
they they knew that this was probably a movie that if you could like if you could big ball your way through the executive office with it you, you're gonna come out and be like hey man take a little bit now get yeah. a whole lot more well, later you take a little bit now that allows us to spend more on the movie yeah yeah you know which you could see it looked great yeah well and and think about it this way too it's like you know defoe said that the the there's one stipulation for him coming back and he said yeah. he wanted to do all of his own stunts right uh-huh. which like fucking hats off to him you know yeah for being the age he is wanting to beat the shit out of a fucking kid <laughs> you know what i mean like hats off mm. to him but um i mean toby of course like he's played an iconic character um third movie kind of fell short he wants a chance to redeem himself right Mm-hmm. Andrew Garfield, same thing. You like a lot of these people. Like when you read that script and you see that their characters and everything has been fully redeemed one thousand percent. Yeah, I'm surprised that they didn't do it for free. You know what I mean? Yeah, like legit. Like I understand that they needed a payday, and I think that they just offered them a flat rate of like a million dollars just yeah just for the fucking sag and all that stuff. You know. Mm-hmm. But like Jamie Fox, he fucking he fucking acted his ass off. You know what I mean? Yeah, he was a lot better in this movie. Yeah, like he had something to prove as well. Like, I mean, it it, it was a perfect swan. And that song. is awesome to be able to come back and kind of write, you know, fix what yeah. the internet hated. Yeah, about. exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the same. I mean, it's the same thing Snyder Snyder did with. Uh, yep. Leto's Joker. Yeah. And he did it in under five minutes with the character. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, I'm giving it a fucking full star, dude. Oh, yeah. It's an out of stars, dude. Yeah. It is an out of stars. This is the end of the year podcast. End of the year, end of the quarter, end of the month. (laughs) I mean... I mean, if I mean, we've got a four-cylinder banger cannon, and we fired all our ammo, dude. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm fucking spent. Uh, you know. Yeah. Eternals drops on the twelfth, so in a couple of weeks we can watch that. We'll have to check that out, man. Um, yeah. Good content all around, man. Do y'all want to fucking peep this Batman trailer before we go? I do. I haven't watched it. Same. I haven't either. Um, All right. We can be rolling around some fucking next week's picks in our heads if y'all want to while we're uh, while sure. we're peeping this. Three minutes. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Let's roll that beautiful bean footage. I'm putting it in 4K. You know. <laughs> right. Yeah, this is a uh, heavy spoilers uploaded it. Yeah, yeah. right. Aren't y'all ready? Yeah, hold on. Um, I'm bumping up to fourteen forty. All right, I'm ready when y'all are. All right, three, two, one, play. Damn, you know. Let's go. I'm so hopped for legitimate 
Batmobile sequences again. That's a cool shot. FaceTiming him. I've never seen Batman do FaceTime. This motherfucker is going to act his ass off. I know, dude. Oh. I love the way the voice sounds. Yeah, Keisha. There's so much happening, dude. Mm. Dude. Batman is fuck, my guy. It almost has that classic Batman kind of. Yeah. God, that looks oh, so good. Man. I mean, it looks like a nonstop, like, it's like we're going to get action sequence talking. Action sequence talking. And I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. That, Andy that... Circus fucking looks like he's going to be a good Alfred. Yeah. Good choice, honestly. It's that's gonna be so good. It comes out March, man. Oh, definitely. I don't want no more trailers. Yeah. I hope this. Yeah, right. Yeah, no more. It should be the I'm final. Ready for the movie, you know. Mm. So, what are we gonna peep next week, fellas? Well, uh, don't look up. Came out. I don't know if you guys are interested in seeing that or I've watched a few minutes of that with, with my bit. wife. She uh she fired it up. Um it, there's a scene where DiCaprio and uh what's her name? Lawrence. Yeah. They're in this uh, military plane, like this big B fifty like which you know, like what we jump out for for out of in uh, Verdansk. <laughs> yeah. It's just this huge, and they're the only ones in it. And it's like, because we've seen the trailer, so the movie is that they figured out the end of the world's happening. Yeah, asteroids coming or yeah. something like that. Well, they're on this plane, dude, and, and I guess it's sometime after they've connected those dots or whatever, 
and they're just on there having like a nervous breakdown. Like it's their moment to flip the fuck out before they have to yeah. go be in front of people. While they're and alone. I, I was like, that's you know, and then and then yeah. about, it looks interesting enough. I never finished it, so I don't. Nothing was really spoiled, other than just you know stuff was embellished from what I know already. Yeah. Also, uh, uh, Resident Evil came out. Mm. So. Hmm. When when I went and watched Spider Man, I noticed that that was in theaters. I was like, "Man, talk about under the radar." Or maybe just because I don't watch TV, so you know the little TV spots aren't getting me. But ah, uh, I might want to watch some Leo, man. Oh uh, yeah, I mean I'm watching that movie either way. I am kind of interested in. What's happening here? You know, uh, seventy-five million dollar budget on a Netflix movie. Yeah, it's it does of... have a better score than the Resident Evil movie. I will say that Michael Chiklis in it too. Bunch think, of people. I think we kind of know how Resident Evil is going to play out anyway. Well, on Twitter, I've seen two extremes for the Resident Evil film. People are like, this fucking sucked. And then there's people that's like, this is pure fan service. So I think that we kind of owe it to ourselves to, you know. Oh, yeah, we'll still have to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm full with don't look. I'm full. I'm good with don't look up. I'm fine with it. Yeah. If y'all are cool with it. Ron Perlman. Same. Ariana Grande. Tyler mm-hmm. Perry. Ooh. Is Medea? Got in everybody it? in it. Hope is hope is he's like <laughs> I don't know what's happening. You know like, <laughs> the, sky, the sky's crashing. Well yeah. Let's do it, man. Don't look up. That sounds good to me. Yeah. Merry Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. More Maybe real estate. Year. Yeah. Checks in the stocking. 